Welcome to What Is This Music, a podcast about why we love the music we love and hate what we hate. My name is Malcolm Fraser. I'm your host on this musical adventure. A little while ago, I came across a quote from recently deceased jazz bassist Gary Peacock via my brother Nick. The quote is, when you like something, pay attention. When you don't like something, pay attention. The last part was in all caps, so I'm just replicating what I imagined the tone was. In that spirit, the next couple episodes of this podcast are about music that I never really understood. I should say that as I get older, there's less and less music that I outright dislike, but there's quite a bit of music that still puzzles me, especially when it has kind of a cult or a mythology around it. My guest today, Catherine Jezer Morton, is a fan of one of those bands, if not the ultimate one, The Grateful Dead. Here it comes. So, Catherine Jezer Morton, welcome. You're a writer based in Montreal. Um, yes. You were not uh, born and raised in Montreal, though, as I, as, if I remember correctly. Um, I was born here, and I grew up here half the time. And then the other half the time, I lived with my dad on a commune in Vermont. So I was kind of like two places. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, I was, I was going to get to that because uh, you, you've talked before about growing up on a commune and that's pretty fascinating. Um, what, what, can you, t- can you, can you t- tell us about that a little bit? What was that like? Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, the commune has kind of passed its golden era by the time I was born. I was born in the early eighties uh-huh. and it had kind of like come to its peak in the 70s kind of early 70s and it had been like a place where a lot of people were passing through and it was kind of it had like a cultural significance in the anti-war movement and musicians came through and stuff by the time i was born people were kind of more like getting real jobs and like trying to be responsible a little bit um to an extent that hadn't been true previously (laughs) so you know it wasn't uh I think I was one of like the lucky kids in that I wasn't like brought up in an environment of like just total neglect, like rampant hedonism, which I think some of the kids, like the older kids had been. Um, But it was still, it was a really cool place in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's still there. And, you know, a lot of gardening, a lot of, you know, just uh, shared, uh, just a lot of hanging out, really. Um, Most of what people did was just hang out. and and you know i think that's it's a really nice environment for a kid to grow up in yeah no doubt um so getting around to the uh, ostensible you know topic of the of the podcast um which somehow i feel is not you know wholly distinct from commune uh childhood you caught my attention a little while ago was it months ago was it years who can say at this point um <laughs> yeah. when you you made some uh, reference to the Grateful Dead in this very affectionate way. And I don't know why it surprised me so much, um, but I was kind of like, really? Like, she's into the Grateful Dead? Like, I was kind of immediately fascinated. <laughs> and, um, you know, we don't know each other that well, but I was kind of like, um, I, I, I immediately had this sort of double reaction. Like, I, I don't really know the Grateful Dead that well. 
but what I do know about it, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't really understand, like, let's put it that way. Um, because, you know, they were, um, when, when I, I'm, I'm a, I guess, a, a, a few years older, I was born in the uh, mid seventies. And, uh, and so the phenomenon of the Grateful Dead was very much still around when I was kind of like growing up, coming of age is when it sort of started to wind down, I guess. Uh, but I definitely have some friends who like had as a, you know, seminal experience to like go see the dead and like, you know, take acid and go to a dead show. And, um, I, where am I going with this? I just, I guess like I was always fascinated by the culture, but also kind of like when I actually heard the music, I was like, this is what it is. Like, I think only the Smiths can compare in terms of a startling discrepancy between their imagery and the way that the music actually sounds when you hear it. Because mm. like, sorry, go ahead. I don't see it as being that much of a discrepancy, but I mean, go ahead. I, I feel like a lot of the iconography I feel like is pretty representative of, of the music, but you know, these are very subjective ideas. For sure, for sure. Well, I guess, you know, to, to get around to my point, like they are associated with psychedelic culture, with the shows were supposed to be mostly improvised and jamming and go on for hours. And then when you hear it, it's kind of this like ho hokey folk music. Um, and I was like, well, how does this song go on for an hour? I don't understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I respond? <laughs> Absolutely. This is what we're here for. Hokey folk music. Man. I mean, I feel like maybe you've only listened to their studio albums, which are bad. There's one, There's one. There are two good studio albums. Okay. Because I definitely can see how you could think that it was hokey folk music listening to the studio albums. Uh-huh. Um, because and, and cause they're not good. And it sounds kind of weak and watered down and che cheesy and kind of just like, ooh. Um, Okay, so let me, uh, where to begin here? I should say that I grew up not liking the Grateful Dead. And on that okay. commune that I grew up on, they were not, like, nobody listened to the Grateful Dead. It was not cool to be a deadhead in that okay. scene. Because, especially, like, Vermont in the, like, 80s and 90s, you know, it was, like, very deadheady, cheese ball, like, kind of airhead hippies, stupid, not, it, like... I think that on the commune that I lived on, that kind of behavior was kind of looked down upon because these hippies considered themselves like activist artist hippies and the Grateful Dead to people like, I'm just thinking about like my dad who was really into music and who was very kind of like, probably had, you know, he had strong opinions. He was like, this is music for kind of day trippers and like kind of stupid yuppies or like teenagers who just like do a lot of acid. And he, and like, to listen to the Grateful Dead when I was in high school was just to be, to me, I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And like in high school, I went to high school in Vermont, like the fish heads and the deadheads were like this kind of tribe of kids. And I just considered them all super corny. Um, and so like probably similar to the people that you knew, like kids that were really into going to shows and like, you know, with their tie dye and they're like white person dreadlocks and like just, ugh, I was not about it. So I only got into the Grateful Dead when I was kind of maybe in my mid-twenties um, because I uh, got together with this guy who's now my husband, Gray Miles, and he's older than me, and he grew up 
he was like on dead tour as a high school kid. He was like one of these kids that would like basically leave home for the entire summer and just live with deadheads like across America. And that was like his thing. But he wasn't really one of these like kind of spinny hippies. He was kind of like just a kid who loved the Grateful Dead. And he never really went into like the dancing bears and all that. Like he, he didn't look the part if you, if you would allow that. But so we got together and he was like, man, I love this band. I listen to them all the time. And I was like, ew, like, I never want to listen to that band. That's stupid. And he was like, well, maybe you can like try a little bit. And like bit by bit, it just kind of became, it seeped in, you know, and like he would listen to it. And I just started, it just, you know, I was introduced to it. And um, so the live shows, you know, uh, we we listen to shows all the time. Uh, We like listen to shows whenever we drive places. And... There, I would say that the two good studio albums, in my opinion, are American Beauty and Working Man's Dead, which is like an early album that they made. Um, and apart from that, I only listened to the, the shows. And, you know, he just kind of would start, he started playing shows for me and I kind of, it, it, it was a, just a gradual thing where, you know, certain songs, I realized that they were awesome and I just, I kind of became acculturated to the band, you could say, because it is like an acculturation process. There's a huge catalog of songs, like just an absolutely massive number of songs, but they play a lot of the same songs. Obviously, if you listen to a lot of shows, you hear the same song being played in all these different ways. And so then you kind of develop these affinities like, oh, you know, I like the early 80s this, like I like the uh, Ro Jimmy from the late 70s. I like, you know, a lot of songs also they would only play during certain eras. So, you know, you kind of, you develop these like little kind of bits of, I guess for lack of a less annoying word, like connoisseurship, where you start to kind of know like, oh, like I like these type, I like shows from this era. I don't really like the shows from this couple of years. Like this, you know, this spring tour, like this run of shows in like, you know, between April and June of this year are are really good. And it's weird because that kind of shit of like that, like real specific knowledge is not particularly interesting to me, like for its own sake, which I think for a certain kind of fan and not to like be a jerk, but like for a certain kind of dude is very like appealing. You know, that kind of becoming an expert, like I do not give a shit about that. And yet, it like the information is there about the Grateful Dead and it just kind of it just like I I absorbed it and I just liked knowing it for me the fav the the, the stuff that's really interesting is like their traditional American music that they have re um you know interpreted because there's like a huge knowledge of traditional American music that they have especially Jerry Garcia and it's it's just like it's good like it's cool I'm into it and I always like that kind of music kind of old time music bluegrass music and they have yeah. kind of this depth of expertise in it that comes through in their shows which is very enjoyable for me yeah I mean I, I feel like you know on on paper everything you're saying like is totally I'm, I'm like totally willing to be won over um by that and uh I wanted to just explore a couple of threads of things you said because there was a lot there. So um, I'm I'm fascinated. I have to say, like I just assumed because you grew up on a commune that it was like the music you grew up with, but obviously not so. Um, so that's uh, that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, I I love uh, there's a lot of music that I 
got into through my wife and that I might not have checked out on my own before. And, and it has like, it has more of a depth somehow when it's like, um, tied up with the relationship and all the, all the time you've spent listening together. Um, so it sounds though, like your husband is a sort of, maybe not, you said he's not in the tie dye and hacky sack, uh, crowd, but he's a bit of an expert in the, in the music. I mean, I, I don't know if he'd call himself an expert. I wouldn't call him an expert, but he has, you know, he has a lot of experience. Like he, he's been to a lot of shows um, only, you know, in the late kind of the last three years of Jerry Garcia's life. So, you know, in the, in the grand scheme, it's a very tiny slice of Grateful Dead show going. Um, but, you know, as a kind of social scene, also the fandom I find super interesting. And so does he like, you know, I really like music that has that has a very diverse fan base. I think that's always fun. And like the Grateful Dead, we, you know, weirdly kind of do. Like there's a lot of different types of deadheads, um, even though like you, there is a really kind of prevailing image of like the cheeseball hippie. You know, he talks about like the just all different kinds of people, like bikers, kind of like, you know, old, weird, kind of washed up people. Um, you know, yuppies, all kinds of people would be at these shows. And I think the shows were really cool. You know, I, I was too young. I never went to one. But, um, you know, one of the things that I like about The Grateful Dead, listening to them, is that for me personally, it, at this point, it transcends association with like a particular period in my life or an experience. Like there's some music that I really love, but like I'm kind of like, oh, you know, this like I really it reminds me strongly of like a particular time. Um, and so it kind of makes it like not fun to listen to in certain contexts or something. Do you know what I mean? Or like there might be like an album that I really loved, but I listened to it so much during this one fall where I like was working this crappy job that like I kind of can't really go back to it. You know what I mean? Definitely. I was actually thinking about that just this morning about how there's certain music that is kind of like ruined for me. Not just music, but movies, books, all kind of things that are kind of like, I can never quite experience them the same way again because I associate them with these difficult times or difficult people or yeah, and broken relationships and so on. Exactly. And, you know, I think that the Grateful Dead have such a huge catalog and there are so many shows and the shows are different that like I don't associate listening to the Grateful Dead with any time in my life. It's like it's something that is just in my life continuously and it also transcends place for me. Like it doesn't remind me of a place. It really reminds me of like every place I've ever lived, which is like kind of a lot of places at this point. And so it's like very, it's one of the few musics that I listen to that to me, it's like totally transcendent of any association. It really is kind of just like life music. Um, and I really, I like that. Like it's, I also associate, I, I consider it like doing stuff music. Like I like to have it when I'm doing stuff. Um, I don't really just like sit and listen to the Grateful Dead. I mean, I don't really sit and listen to anything because I have kids and like I very rarely sit quietly, <laughs> just chill. Like they're like, get up. I mean, sitting, just sitting and doing nothing, I think is like a, a privilege of youth or something. Yeah. Youth and old age, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But I, I associate it with like action, like gardening or like, how you know, big projects. Like, you know, if I was going to like demolish a part of my house i would want to be listening to the grateful dead while i did that okay you know that kind um, of thing 
Yeah, yeah, totally. So just coming back to your description, uh, I, I was really uh, kind of, um, I, I was fascinated by how you said that you, you listen to the live shows, but but your field of what you appreciate is not so much the long extended jams. Um, so where is the, how would you describe uh, the the stuff that you love in, in that? What's, what is there, when you take away the extended jams, what's that the, what's left at the core? Oh my God. So first of all, Jerry is just really good at guitar. Like he's really great. And, and there's a lot of jamming that happens just that isn't like, cause it is, like you said, mostly improvised. It's uh -huh. all improvised. Like they're not, they're, all the shows are, are total improvisation based on like the, you know, kind of fundamentals of the songs. So like, you know, most of the songs probably last like seven or more minutes in the show. So they're long, you know? Mm -hmm. And Jerry is just really good at guitar playing. He, he's, it's like very, very a kind of astonishing. And I don't, like, I'm not a musician. I don't know anything about music or playing the guitar, but it's, it's like, it's moving. Like he's really fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't know how else to say. Um, and so there's, you know, Jerry's great. Uh, Phil, who plays the bass, is awesome. Like, they're all great musicians. But then sometimes it comes together and it sounds like shit, you know? Like, it definitely doesn't always sound good. Um, and there's something about that, actually, that's kind of great. Like, there'll be these moments, like, there's a few, um, you know, particular songs at particular shows that you're like, you listen to them and you're like, holy shit, it's like they are, you know, they're having an out-of-body experience and it's so good and they're playing together so well. And it somehow makes it extra special because you've heard so many times where they're, they're playing together and it sounds, it just sounds like mud, you know, like, so you kind of go through the ups and downs with them. I mean, more often than not, it sounds good. Like it doesn't sound like mud that much, but, um, you know, there's also just a lot of the songs are, are really excellent, like kind of really transcendently interesting American kind of, you know, songwriting they have this great lyricist, Robert Hunter, that everyone's heard of, who wrote most of the lyrics and most of the best songs, and they're really cool. So he's an important part of it. And they kind of are like channeling these kind of deep American myths, sort of North American, you know, Western myths that are kind of fascinating and, and interesting to become conversant in through their music. It's like, you know, they, they don't write songs about their songs are just not cheesy. Like there's, there's this kind of quality to them that is like totally resistant to like any of the kind of normal tropes of like 20th century pop music, mm -hmm. um, which I think is somehow like, I, I'm not like thinking about that when I'm listening to it, but it's a fact. Like when I think about it, I'm like, shit, man, like what, what was that? What were they doing? Kind of like interesting poetry, but it's, it's also, it's like really kind of its own genre. Like they're, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that's what I was I was just thinking when you said that. It, it's true that like whether you like them or not, they're kind of like uh, sui generis. Or I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's sort of self a self contained uh, a self contained genre. And of course, like in their wake, this jam band uh, culture sort of came up, which seems like a very specialized kind of. Yeah, thing, and like I don't listen to, to jam bands. Into. Like, I don't like fish. I don't like widespread panic, all that shit. I don't listen to it. I don't even, I don't know about it. Like, maybe I would like it, but I've never been tempted to go in there. Partly because the songwriting, I'm just not interested in, in the same way. One of the things that I also like about The Grateful Dead, I should say, is that, like, talk about not corny. Like, I was so wronged. I'm, they're, like, the opposite of corny to me now. You know, their music, 
Well, like the the lyrics and the way also like Jerry's singing is like really remarkably unaffected. Like he has this really kind of understated delivery, which a lot of people really like, including me. And then there's Bobby, the other singer who's like younger and Bobby's like kind of a shouter and he kind of over, he like, he, he goes too hard. And sometimes like, it's like, shut up, Bobby. Like you, you need to fucking take it back. <laughs> and there's a kind of thing within Grateful Dead fandom where you kind of roll your eyes at Bobby and you're like, okay, Bobby, like fucking sure. We get it. Whereas like Jerry is you know, a tragic figure, like he was, you know, a heroin addict and mm-hmm. really in a lot of ways, kind of a heart, a heartbroken dude and, and like touring kind of wrecked him, but he's like a brilliant and like gentle guy. And that really comes through in his vocals. He's like a good dude, you know, and you really believe it. I mean, he's, you know, <clears throat> whether or not he's a really good dude could be, that's not really for me to say, sure, but sure the kind of mythology is that he's a good dude. And there's not a lot of evidence to show that he wasn't a good dude other than the kind of lying that he had to do in order to like maintain his heroin addiction. Mm. Um, But like, what was I going to say? Yeah. There's this kind of like, you know, the emotional register of the grateful dead is like, to me, like, right. It's like really works for me, which is like this sort of this having been experienced with so many of life's ups and downs. And so having this kind of tempered, perspective where they sing you know love songs and they sing all kinds of different songs but there's a real acknowledgement of like the kind of the darker side of existence without ever being like weirdly like emo and goth which is not interesting to me personally mm-hmm. um and that works for me like I like that I like that in my life I like that like in the background of my life this kind of like not too kind of optimistic but also not like you know really dark a fair and balanced uh, emotional register yeah, but one that's like born of a lot of experience and a lot of of pain and the kind of the um the the registering and appreciation of like the pain of life which is real, you know. Totally. Well, I, when you when you put it that way, it sounds very deep. I, I feel like the way that um you describe them is almost like um you know, it's it's kind of loving in a way in the, in the way that you would um describe a, a family member or something in the sense that, you know, you, you started off by saying, Oh yeah, you know, the, the things you've heard are probably crap. You know, the jams, I don't listen to those. Sometimes it sounds like, like a pile of mud, but then there are these incredibly beautiful moments. Well, I kind of like that. Um, you know, because often when you, um, I guess it's like a sign of true commitment uh, to a band or an artist because um, how can I put this? There's some things you like a, a group in spite of those faults. And then there's sometimes you like them because of them or you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do know what you mean. I think I like them because of them in part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely feel that because um, you know, I'm thinking of, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm I'm like ashamed to say this publicly or whatever. But I I was always a, a Rush fan, and that's a band that a <laughs> lot of people can't stand. And if, and if people say, well, I don't like Getty Lee's voice, I don't like the pretentious lyrics, I don't like this, I'm like that. I'm just like, yep, all those things are totally true, and I love yeah. them all the same. Like or as yeah. you say, like in a way, I love them because of those ridiculous elements. I I agree. That's that's how I feel too. Um, like I can't deny those critiques of the Grateful Dead are valid, you know? I can't deny them. 
but I just don't care about those things, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so, like, uh, I didn't mean to, you know, put you on the defensive by starting off with, like, a, a you know, an aggressive um, punch of, like, the things I don't like about Grateful Dead. But, um, you know, just coming back to that, like, you know, it's a, it's a big ask in a way if I say, like, um, yeah, I don't like the, the Grateful Dead. And then someone says says oh yeah well you know sure if you've only heard these two or three songs those are those are not good well i think well yeah so i don't listen to any more after i've heard a few songs that i don't like um and actually you know it would be a bit inaccurate to say that i dislike those songs i was just kind of like confused by them because they sounded so different from what i imagined the band would sound like you know um like why i think of psychedelic trippy music i might have thought of like Jimi hendrix or like miles davis or i don't know like any number of like funkadelic you know mm-hmm. and then the grateful dead they just don't sound anything like that at least in the few songs i've heard i think of like casey jones driving the train or whatever like or uh, what's the other hit like um well there's touch of gray was their one hit on the yeah. radio but also like trucking is a big truckin', one. Like, yeah, trucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And pretty you know, corny. Like, pretty corny. Casey Jones trucking are songs that like I don't like. They never played Casey Jones live. I mean, they probably mm-hmm. played Casey Jones live like a handful of times. I don't think I can't think of a live Casey Jones. Like their hits are are kind of to me like their their corniest songs, which I guess you know people love. It's often the corniest stuff that really gets popular. Of course. Um, but it's fairly unusual for a band to have hits that sound totally different from the rest of their music. Or is it? Maybe maybe not. I think, you, I I think that, it probably I, is. I think it probably is. Because in the sense that, like, I think most Grateful Dead fans don't listen to those hits, like, hardly ever, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not because we, like, want to, you know, be more, like, have more cred than that. It's just, like, I don't really like those songs that much. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then uh, there's like, you know, Friend of the Devil. I don't know if that's a hit, but it's a song that I heard. It's, it's kind of cool, but it sounds, uh, you know, you, you, you talked before about like Americana and bluegrass. That, that there's, um, there's that side of it, which I always found kind of interesting. Knowing that Jerry Garcia was, was, was not only kind of adept at that, but he was kind of involved uh, like as a historian in a way, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of side projects. Like, Jerry Garcia's non-Grateful Dead output is, like, massive. And he had, he was in this kind of super group, Old in the Way, where that, like, bluegrass, amazing. Like, maybe they made three albums. And, yeah, he, I think, had a lot of archival stuff. And then him and David Grisman, who's this mandolin player, had a um, kind of a collaboration. They made a bunch of albums together that are considered, like, super good bluegrass recordings that I think you know, bluegrass people are like, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, he, and then he had like a whole kind of funk, uh, like R and B side project. Like Jerry Garcia was like, I think a dude who had a lot of musical kind of output that needed, needed to process. Right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we talked a bit before about uh touch of gray, which was kind of their out of the blue kind of like late eighties, uh, single which is probably the first time that i heard their music i was quite young and uh, yeah again i was just kind of 
kind of surprised by it. Like it's kind of a catchy song, but yeah, I guess what it comes down to is just like I said before, like how do you stretch this out for like more than four minutes? Yeah, like I but see, Touch of Grey is another example. I don't think they played that song live hardly at all. That it was a studio, it was a studio single, and they made it in like nineteen like eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Right after Jerry's coma, Jerry went into okay. a coma. He came out of the coma, and then he had to relearn how to play guitar. This is like wow. part of the lore of Jerry, right? He uh-huh. and he like literally was like, I don't know how to play guitar anymore, and he had to relearn, and then he relearned, and then they made this hit uh, for the first time in their whole career. And I, you know, he died like you know, five years later or whatever. So I don't think they hardly even played that song. I don't think I've ever heard a live touch of Grey. Um, but I, I kind of like that song. Like I hear it on the radio sometimes when I'm in the States, they play it on like the rock radio stations. And I'm always like, it's a pretty good song. I like it. It's not a bad song for sure. Like as far as that kind of stuff goes. Um, yeah. But I, again, it doesn't really sound like anything else. Like it ha- sort of has that 80s production, but it yeah, doesn't, uh, totally. it certainly doesn't sound uh, like anything else that was on the radio at that time as a song Um, no totally yeah so i feel like uh you know one of the things along with your endorsement that that made me uh want to start reconsidering the band is that they kind of have become cool in this certain uh corner of the the music uh the music sphere um and there are some people whose taste I value and trust who sort of revealed themselves to be big dead fans. And I was pretty surprised by that again, because I thought, is it just that enough time has passed that they don't have those signifiers of corny hippie uh, culture? Or are there people out there who just like don't care about that and accept it? I don't know. I mean, I've noticed that the Grateful Dead have become cool recently, yeah. like in the last like maybe three, two, three years. Just and, for our I audio mean, listeners, you were making air quotes just then. Yeah, when you sorry, said. I was making cool. <laughs> cool. They're cool now. Yeah. Um, and I kind of and, and like, you know, their merch is like super valuable now. Right. Like they're the T-shirts, the tour shirts, which like are kind of amazing artifacts. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and like you can't they're so expensive I you know and it's this kind of hype beast fashion thing too like the aesthetic like tie-dye and this kind of weird hippie aesthetic has become really fashionable to like people who like are interested in that kind of thing I don't know if that's part of what you were referring to but it's not just the music it's like the whole aesthetic that has become very cool um and I mean, then there's the John Mayer thing, right? So like now they they're touring again as Dead and Company, the remaining surviving members, and then they put John Mayer in the Jerry Garcia guitar role, right, right, which is like, dude, like talk about, it's I don't even I don't know if I can even talk about that. Like okay. John Mayer is kind of a cool guy. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're making a ton of money, like just shitloads of money, um, which is cool, I guess, for them. Like why not? Um, but so all of this has kind of fueled this renaissance. Uh, I mean, I think there's something about how they were around for so long. It's like pre-internet. They had this like incredible, it was like a network of people who taped 
the shows, right? And then traded their tapes. Yeah, and they um, encouraged their fans to bootleg their shows and trade them. Right? For sure, exactly. And like they had this, it was a very kind of uncapitalist culture around the tours. Like they, there were these like whole kind of merchant like merchant row like called shakedown street that was like outside the shows where people were selling all kinds of crap and food and you know bootleg merch and whatever so it was like these little kind of like merchant villages that would pop up and all of this was totally you know outside of any traditional like market uh kind of structure right so i think there's something maybe that's kind of appealing about that both in the sense that it was like very like literally countercultural, and that it was like kind of low-key anti-capitalist um but also that it was a little bit the internet in this kind of real world um manifestation before there was an internet Mm. like the kind of the network of fans and the way that people kind of found each other there's something maybe a little bit resonant between that and it's weird kind of re-mushrooming of popularity today i could be reading too much into this for sure i mean the music i don't know like i think I don't know why the music specifically might be cool again. That I can't speak to. But it does have this kind of timeless quality. Like, it it deliberately kind of uh, transcends... I keep using the word transcend, which is annoying. It kind of, like, seemed to, you know, not have much to do with trends at the time that it was popular. Like, they didn't have yeah. hits forever and ever and ever, you know. They didn't have, like, producers or, you know, they didn't, they didn't have, like, a strong relationship with, like, a record label you know, they, they were just doing shit kind of themselves. And I think there's something maybe that is appealing about that now where like, it feels like these, the music industry and culture industries are so kind of these monoliths and, you know, capitalism kind of just rings us of every ounce of worth that we possibly have. And it feels very hard to produce outside of it. You know what I mean? Possibly. Maybe I'm giving people too much credit for thinking about all this stuff, but they might feel it somewhere in their, in their cells. I I think so. I mean, I think that, uh, well, there's sort of two things. I mean, music, anything that was popular and had a, a cult following and that was around for a long time is always going to be worthy of like a reconsideration. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and as far as the culture thing, I, I mean, I hadn't thought about that, but it's really interesting. I mean, I think that people, you know, because the internet culture has turned out to be so kind of toxic and uh, generally... Um, a net negative for the human uh, soul. Uh, Like when people might look at uh, times before when people were able to build um, communities and networks in different ways. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the way that those tours were, was both quite internet-y and then, but then without all the icky parts of the internet that you're referring to, like all the kind of connecting people without the like commodi- commodification of every aspect of our behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that uh, you definitely like made me want to go and, and, and check him out and, and reconsider the Grateful Dead. Thank you for, you know, coming to coming uh, and giving this passionate defense and, and uh, con- contextualization of, uh, it's my pleasure thank you for asking me it's fun <laughs> yeah totally well you know i i said to uh, my wife the other night that like it wasn't ne- it wasn't really intended this way um but this project has ended up just giving me the opportunity to just like reconnect or connect with people 
who I don't have the chance to talk too much and just like shoot the shit about music for an hour. So it's uh, it's nice that way. Totally. That's it's an awesome thing to be able to do. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Be sure to check out Catherine's Spotify playlist of live Grateful Dead favorites. That'll be on the homepage as well as on the What Is This Music Facebook page. Go on there and give us a follow. You can also find me, Malcolm Fraser, on all the social media. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, see you next week. <laughs>